Hello out there. Rochelle here with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff with a shout out to the men listening. We're grateful for your encouragement. Cynthia is the director of women's ministry at her church, where she has the joy of coming alongside women, connecting them, and seeing them as they are without judgment. She is open, honest, and claims her humanity. She wants God's best for each woman and works to encourage them in that direction, herself included. I want to share with our listeners that I meet each woman where they are at. That is what Unabashed You is all about. This is not an episode to try to convert you or to tell you your beliefs are wrong. That's not my place. Please know all are invited. All are welcome here. And lastly, I think it's the ultimate sign of respect to see each person as they are right now. We can always ask questions of each other to gain deeper understanding if we want. And isn't that what true connection is all about? And now, the conversation I had with Cynthia. is a vivacious, faith-filled fireball. We met some years back and lost touch as people do. We ran into each other, and the next thing I knew, she asked me to be on her podcast, Hashtag Mom Life, to speak about the loss of our infant son and how we came to overcome it. It was an incredible experience, and it just further whet my appetite to do this podcast. Okay, back to Cynthia. She's a wife, a mom, and in leadership at her church. She has a passion for women, especially those in the mom stage of life. Fun fact, my husband built her house. Welcome, Cynthia. Hi. <laughs> so wonderful. Yeah, so wonderful to have you and to be able and I actually I should say I've been on your podcast twice, so I feel quite honored at that. And then now having you uh, be on our little Unabashed You podcast is is a real pleasure. Thank you for that. So let's take a minute to get to know you. What would you like our listeners to know about you by means of an introduction? Ooh, that's a that's a great question. I think actually, you know, typically, like when we introduce ourselves, we always sort of list like who we are and what we've done and. Um, and I think what I've been really learning lately is to try and find my identity, not in the things that I do, but in who I am in relationship to, to God. And that's, and we can even talk about that more later, but so I, I will start by saying I am learning to find my identity in my faith versus in who and what I do. But in addition to that, I also have been married for almost 15 years and second marriage, which we can also talk about that. I had a a first marriage when I was really young that um, ended up being um, ending, unfortunately. And so, but married to my husband for almost 15 years now, I have a 11 year old son who is crazy and funny and constantly wants to make life fun. 
which is awesome, except when I want him to sit still at the dinner table. So (laughs) he's amazing. And he constantly reminds me to not take motherhood so seriously (laughs) because he thrives in us being funny together and having fun. Um, And then I have an eight-year-old daughter who is fierce and feisty and so kind. (laughs) And she is this funny mixture of the two where some days I like to say she uses up all of her nice at school because she is a perfect (laughs) angel there and top of her class and kind to all her friends and does everything she's supposed to do. And then she comes home and like unleashes the dragon on me (laughs) because I'm her safe space. Um, But she's really becoming like my bestest little buddy. It is really, it's a delight to have a daughter and have her becoming of age to um, really share um, more womanly feminine things together, which is just a fun thing. Um, And then I am director of women's ministries at a church. I um, do have what's called a master's of divinity, which is a big phrase for an advanced degree. That means I studied the Bible for four years. And um, that was an awesome season in my life. So, um, and I guess who else am I? I am someone who Gosh, I love our community. I love living by the beach. I love adventures. I love mountains. Um, I love travel. I love exposing my kids to things like third world nations that make them uncomfortable so they can really understand a bigger picture of life. Right. Uh, So. Wow. That was a great introduction. I absolutely love how you began that with instead of listing the things that we are, you know, you are first and foremost, I, you identify yourself through your faith. And I, I think that uh, for those of us who are women of faith, that is really a, um, a more accurate representation to begin who we describing who we are. So thank you for that. And, and I also love how you described your kids because you had such uh, imaginative and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing completely accurate descriptions of both of them. And they sound like they keep life interesting and fun and uh, probably keep you on your toes as well. Constantly. Yes. And isn't it true (laughs) that mom tends to be the safe place where everything gets unleashed? It's like a compliment, but in the moment, not doesn't feel so great. <laughs> and I've had women like really speak that into me and remind me because um, my daughter has struggled with anxiety a lot. And that's something, and I'm not, I don't ever want to say she is an anxious person because of that identifies her in that way, but it's something that she has struggled with. And um, I've had women say to me, you know what, Cynthia, just realize when this little girl is maybe having struggle, struggling to go, on a play date or, or doesn't want to do things without me that how beautiful it is that I have a daughter who wants to be with me and to value that relationship because when she's 16, I want her to want to be with me. So I just need to sit in that and love it and not fight it. That, and, and I think one little thing that one mom told me a long time ago is as I was starting my motherhood journey and I thought it was so wise. She said, motherhood is a constant decision for each child and at each moment 
when do I push and when do I pull in? Mm. And it's different for each kid and at each situation. Yes. That's something that's really stuck with me because my kids are super different. And so learning when does this child need a push from me and you know, you can do this and go for it. Or when is it okay just to pull them in and say, hey, it's okay, I've got you. Yeah. Uh, and it's a constant, and it's only based on wisdom. And for me, what I would say, insight from the Holy Spirit as I stay attached to God, because that's not something I can just sort of actually do. It's right. something I figure out along the way. Right, exactly. That is profound and an excellent nugget of wisdom. What three words would you use to describe yourself? And again, this is a, I say this, I think every week, but on any given day, you might use three different words. Today, right now, what three words would you use to describe yourself? That's a hard one. It's funny. I actually was like, I don't know how to answer this. I texted two of my best friends. (laughs) I'm like, how would you describe me out of curiosity? So um, one gave me three comparisons, which I thought was so sweet. And I liked it. She said, I'm an initiator and a finisher, a leader and an integrator, inspired and an inspirator. And I was like, ooh, that's that's beautiful. And my other friend, and I just love this, she said that I bring out the best in others. And that made me so happy. Like, And she said, I am faithful and faith-filled. Um, and I just, those were very encouraging, beautiful things. I, I would definitely call myself um, fun, adventurous, um, but I care so deeply about being connected to other people on a deep level. I get, I love, I for sure get FOMO. I want to be part of everything. But at the same time, I really long for those relationships that will go deep. Right. And like really get to a level of um, discussion and encouragement that is raw and authentic and below the surface. You are speaking my language. That's what this podcast is all about, is being real, authentic, transparent, vulnerable. I mean, that we can be that and be inspired by that, you know, from other women, I think is, is, is actually a gift. What, who is a female fictional character that inspires you? So this is somebody from a book, TV, movie, play. I was just thinking about this. It was such a great question. And, um, and the person that actually popped into my head right away, um, and I'm sure I could come up with a lot of people that inspired me, but um, some years ago, and it's been a while, but some years ago, I read the whole Divergent series, which was a young adult um, fictional series. Interestingly, I didn't know as I launched into it that it's written by um, a Christian author, mm. but it's not in literature. But the woman, the author herself, is a Christian. Mm-hmm. And the main character is this girl named Tris, who is a teenager, a late teen, probably 18 or 19. And I don't remember, actually. And um, it follows her journey. And it follows her through a journey of learning to truly um, love others and truly forgive others. And I think I'm inspired by her capacity to love and her capacity to forgive. Mm. Those are things that are really hard sometimes um, in life. And it's a really excellent series. I would definitely recommend it for anyone who has like a high schooler and beyond. 
Uh, I have not reread it since I've had kids, and so I can't market it for under that. Right. But, uh, it would be a fantastic series to read with an older youth together and really talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. The themes in it are incredible. Mm. I like that. I remember hearing about that series, but I did not happen to read it. So that's a good that's a good shout out for the series and for that character. And I think it's interesting that we often choose characters, obviously, that admire and inspire us, but maybe we're just a little bit like them. Maybe we see just a little bit of ourselves in them. That's just a working theory. It may or may not be true. How do you develop and protect your sense of worth? This is something women battle from being little girls on. That's such a good question. And for me, I have to answer that from a faith perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, I find my, I think it's easy as women to find our identity in the things around us, in, in work, in motherhood, in friendships, in maybe what we do, and to base our worth, our sense of self on that identity, how others outside of us perceive us. And so what I am learning to do is to find my identity and my worth in, in what the Bible teaches about who I am. Right. And the Bible teaches that I'm a child of God. I am a daughter of the King of Kings. I am deeply loved. I am fully forgiven. I am called to be his masterpiece, his work of art, who in turn builds up others. We are called to to serve others so that others can be built up and encouraged in their own lives. So uh, my identity I'm realizing is simply in being a child of God and being connected to him. And that when I sit in that, um, that's where my sense of worth lies mm -hmm. because the rest of my life, I'm going to have great moments of success and great moments of failure. And if I am identifying myself, finding my worth in those things and whether I'm succeeding or not succeeding, is my marriage good? Is it not good? Am I feeling like I'm an awesome mom? Am I not? Am I feeling like I'm creating great programs at our church and connecting women in awesome ways? Or am I not? Am I feeling like there's more to do and I'm failing? Those are all things outside of me. And, I'll, and I will constantly criticize myself if I am basing my sense of worth and identity on those things, um, is, am I skinny or not? Am I, you know, like, am I right, beautiful right. or not? Right. But I'm in my mid forties and maybe I'm not quite as skinny as I once was. And maybe <laughs> I'm not quite as beautiful maybe as I once was, you know, we realize how those things are fleeting and fading. And so, where is my identity and worth? And I really think it comes only through my connection to Jesus. And if I'm connected to him and just resting in my identity in him, then that allows me to be free to do those other things of motherhood and work and friendship without feeling like I am succeeding or failing mm -hmm. based on that. Right. And if they're succeeding. Exactly. And I've, one thing that I am learning is that I believe that God guides my path on a daily basis and has work for me to do. 
and that if I stay connected to exactly what he has for me to do, there is enough time in my day, every single day, to do what he has called me to do. But my problem is I often put more things on my plate <laughs> and try and add to it. So if I can learn, and this is a daily thing, I'm, I'm, I'm learning and trying to start my day in God's word and connected to him and to get my marching orders, then that is going to set me forward to walk in a state of peace and rest and trust and find my identity in, in that versus the craziness of mothering and wifing and living in our, our culture and everything that comes along with that. Right. Again, you've, you're coming from a place of really solid ground. And the different uh, scriptures that you read are, are really beautiful. And of course, we both believe them to be true. And um, it's, it's the best place to start from. It's the best place to be throughout your day and throughout, you know, the different seasons. And then also, you know, ending your day knowing that you've you are you are still all those things no matter what has gone on in that day there's so much comfort and peace and joy and and feeling you know truly loved in that so thank you for sharing that was really quite beautiful you mentioned already a piece of wisdom that you keep handy is there another piece of wisdom that you'd like to share with us um great question i I was actually thinking about it when you, because you gave me this question ahead of time. And I was thinking, um, I was thinking about forgiveness. I was just teaching at our church and, um, and one of the topics we were kind of covering is forgiveness. And I was actually reminded of this divergent series that I talked ah. about there, Tris. And she has an encounter. I will, it's not giving away anything, but, um, well, maybe a slight, but hopefully nothing too much. But she has a relationship in the story that hurts her very, very deeply, wrongs her to a deep level. So she works through a process of, can I forgive this person and still love this person, even though I've been wronged so deeply? Um, and it's a really cool line that she has in it. Um, she's quoting... It's actually, um, she's talking to her brother and their, her brother quotes her, their mom and says, um, says, you know what mom told me once? She said that everyone has some evil inside them. And the first step to loving anyone is to recognize the same evil in ourselves so that we're able to forgive them. Mm. And that's the wrath from allegiance. And the idea is, is that all of us have the same capacity to hurt or harm those around us. Um, hopefully by the grace of God and me growing in my faith, I will do that less and less. But at the same time, the reason that I forgive someone is because I so deeply need to be forgiven myself because there's times where I have hurt people or there's times where I've said something stupid. And I think sometimes people really struggle. I've seen this with the relationships around me of struggling to let go of past hurts or pains but I feel like we do that when we realize that we too have that same capacity to hurt others. And we too so deeply need to be forgiven. And that that's where our sense of uh, being able to forgive comes from. And so that's something I've been kind of thinking about 
and pondering a little bit lately. And I'm not sure who wrote this. I'm going to give the credit to Max Lucado, but maybe he didn't write it. Um, you will never have to forgive anybody more than Christ has already forgiven you. That's beautiful. And that that just, uh, how, how do you argue with that? I mean, it's mm-hmm. just absolutely true. I want to say one thing about something you said earlier about beauty and getting older. I think there's a depth and a richness to a woman's beauty as she grows older. And so I, I just I just wanted to throw that out there, even though, you know, sometimes we look at pictures of us when we're younger and we're like, oh, my gosh, or whatever we whatever our reactions are. I do think there's something that happens to, you know, a, a woman's a face, her body. There's there's a, a depth to the beauty that there there wasn't. I'm going to say that there wasn't when you're younger, just by virtue of your age. I mean, look at people like Sophia Loren. She's yeah. what is she in her 80s now? I mean, she's just just as beautiful as that. I think even more beautiful. Totally. Yeah. You know, one thing I've started telling my daughter is um, the Bible talks about what makes a woman truly beautiful. And it says it's not in her outward adornment, but it's the attitude of her heart. Mm-hmm. And so I like speak that into my eight year old all the time. Um, Cause she will comment. She'll be like, that person's fat. And you're like, come on eight year old. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, and so I'm sorry. First, you cannot say that out loud. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, so I've been really speaking that into her, you know, our beauty is not from who we are on the outside, but true beauty, true beauty comes from the attitude of our hearts. And I agree with you hundred percent because I think as a, if a woman grows in wisdom and love, um, there are, she becomes more beautiful in a way that is different than just a, a pure physical appearance. I absolutely agree with you. There's a, a radiance. There's a knowing. There is, like you say, a, a wisdom. And then that, that I think you can see that on the face. And it, it really is a beautiful thing to see. And I, I, agree. I, I have a kind of a cute little story, like your daughter saying, uh, you know, mentioning a heavy person. We were at the airport when Taylor was really, she's our youngest. She's not young anymore. She's 20. But when she wow. was young, when she was like three or four, we were at the airport and um, a very dark skinned man walked by and, and she shouted out, mom, that man is so dark. You know, and I was like, oh my gosh. You know, one of those moments, and and all I could think to say is just as quickly as I can, and I was hoping he was still within earshot, isn't it wonderful that God made so many great colors? It's just such a beautiful thing. And I I feel like I handled it it well, but you'd never know what your kids are going to say. And in that moment, in public, you know, I couldn't take her, I mean, I could, you know, have a follow-up conversation. But I wanted to, on the spur of the moment, say something that perhaps the gentleman might hear the beginning of it so that he could be reassured, I've got this. Totally. I've got this. I had a similar experience actually with Stella, my daughter, when she was um, probably like three or four. 
And it's like, that's like the crazy age where you just want to like muzzle them all the time. Because you're like, you have no idea what's just going to come out of their mouth when they're little, when they have no sense of what you're supposed to say or not supposed to say. And so we went through the checkout line at a supermarket and there was um, a lovely African-American woman who was helping us, um, checking us out. And Stella just said that, mom, her skin is so dark. And I just responded, isn't it beautiful? And it was, it was a good moment of, yes, because I agree 100%. And, and even when she says, Bob, that person's fat. I mean, my response is, the Lord makes people in all shapes and sizes. You know, like, we are all God's children created in his image. And we come in all shapes and sizes and colors and patterns. And that's just part of the beauty of our world, right? Right. Oh, I'm, it sounds like you handled it in such a similar fashion. I mean, just through instinct, just quick, you know, just, you know, it's one of those moments that you could be sort of paralyzed, like, oh, what do I say? You know, how do I make this right? But you, you've got to, you know, you just dive in instantly, you know. Right, because her comment was also not necessarily negative. I think we unfortunately have this sort of lens of racism that we, our country is still battling through. But my three or four year old was not making a racist remark. She was just simply remarking on an observation. Wow, my skin is different color than hers. I am not used to seeing someone who has a color of skin so different. Right, and right. It's a observation versus a statement of worth or right or wrong or good or bad. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think the same is true of Taylor at the airport. Same thing. Yeah. She was just stating an op an observation. But she was such a, uh, I don't want to say, a, a very outspoken. And I think you're right. At the age of three or four, they just, the, no filter. I mean, they just say. They just say it. But be careful what you teach your small children. Because <laughs> I know. Don't and they don't whisper it. They speak no. it into the universe. They say it. Yeah. All right, let's get into your topic. Um, you have a passion for connecting women that is really your ministry, but came from a place of, of, of real desire. And where, where do you think that passion for wanting to connect women came from initially? Was it from a lack in your own life or was it from something different? That is such a great question. And honestly, not something I have totally pondered. I love that word pondered. It's one of my favorite <laughs> words. It's a little aside. The <laughs> um, great question. When I was younger, I definitely felt times of being very alone and lonely. And in high school through my youth group, I began to have great connections with girlfriends that really became like a posse. And then that same thing happened in college, also through some gals from my church when I was at college. Um, and I think I've seen the value so much of having that team of women who encourage me and build me up. And hopefully I can be doing the same. I also, when I went through my divorce in my early, in my mid twenties, I had some women who were really awful 
to me mm. and really tore me down, telling me that um, pretty much I was a sinner going to hell. Uh, so, oh, yeah, that's great. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. very helpful. So, so maybe I've seen the positive and the negative in my own life and realized the power of encouragement, but also realized that I don't necessarily have all the answers or always know what is right and wrong. And that God, I mean, clear, clear things are right and wrong, but for someone's own life and their own journey, there might be things that seem, I don't know, is that the best? But maybe it is like God has a path for each person. Like I would not have chosen my path of walking through a divorce, but I also know that there was so much goodness that came out of it. Right. And so when we encourage each other, so I guess what I'm saying is I realized I don't have all the answers and so my job, I feel like at our church is to help women connect with each other and connect to God and to encourage them on their own journeys and their own paths. Mm -hmm. And that we need that connection because life is really hard sometimes and it's really discouraging. But I've seen at this point in my life, the beauty and the fruit of having women who have loved and encouraged me and how valuable that is and how I want everyone to have those kinds of relationships in their life. Women who encourage them and build them up and encourage them to seek God's best for them, that God's good path that he has for them. Not always knowing what it is, you know, sometimes life is just walking with someone and loving them through whatever they're going through, even though we don't necessarily understand it. Right. I really love that from your experience, what you've described is you have experienced lack. You have experienced bad and wrong connection. And then you've also experienced excellent, worthwhile, edifying connection so that you can really, it's like a full circle kind of discovery that you all of that you've been through has led you back to uh it doesn't have to be a circle it can be a straight line whatever whatever geometric shape you want to think of it as but it's led you to this place of I see that having a passion for connecting women and not just connecting them like Sally this is Suzanne Suzanne this is Sally but really wanting to speak life into them, to uplift them, to, like you say, be there in these different seasons, even if you don't understand, that is critical. You know, as women, we're relational, and we simply must have that, you know, that intimacy, that inner circle to thrive. And if we don't have that, then we are kind of missing out on one of life's blessings. And so I think both of us would agree that we want to be what, you know, they either say be the, you know, we, it starts with us. It starts with us. 
we want to be that. So we are being that to other people and hope and hoping and, you know, that it's, you know, continues on that people feel safe enough to, I, I, there's so much beauty in transparency and vulnerability. And I think that we're starting to get that more Mm. and, and being authentic and not hiding behind things. I, I just, I feel so strongly about it. Can you speak to that at all? Because you mentioned at least two of those words, if not all three of them. Yeah, I think that we need people who constantly encourage us towards goodness and what's best. I think it's easy to support each other in ways that uh, are sort of self-focused. You know, mm-hmm. like if a friend is having trouble in her marriage, it's easy to be like, oh, I'll just, I don't know, like leave him or that sucks. Or yes, yeah, the fourth child you're raising, you know, things like that versus reminding each other to look at the things about ourselves that maybe need to be transformed. Maybe I need to be more humble with my husband. Maybe I need to. Um, look him in the eye more and maybe I need to care for him more, you know? So I think oftentimes as women, we encourage each other in ways that are just sort of self-seeking happiness. And what I value is finding those relationships that encourage each, that encourage each other towards God's best for us and his greatest goodness, because God's best for me in my marriage is that we would be connected, my husband and I, that we would love each other for the long haul, that we would be sitting next to each other at our kids' weddings, you know, that's, and that as, as I've been married 15 years now, it's actually getting better than it's ever been. And we haven't necessarily always had an easy marriage. So it takes time and commitment and, um, the ability to walk with each other through hard things to really make a marriage work to for parenting to be good. And so if we are encouraging each other only towards self-interest, um, feeling happy in the moment, that that's not in my mind what true encouragement is. True encouragement is, is allowing people to be open and authentic and talk about what's real but then point them towards what's truly good, what God's best is for them. Right. Absolutely. Well, I couldn't agree more. And and that same thing you were describing for marriage and parenting, I think would even transfer over to your friendships as well. You know, you want to um, be real with your friends. And I think that's sort of the mark of a friendship is can I be real with this person? Am I safe to be real with this person? Can sure. they handle my transparency? Will they uh, embrace my vulnerability? I mean, sure. that, that is the mark of a good friend sure. right there. And, right. If, and if you don't have that, then perhaps they're an acquaintance or someone you know, and that's that's a different story altogether, right? Or call me 
research and I'll connect you. (laughs) There you go. There you go. This has been such a wonderful conversation. And I know that we could, oh my gosh, that's the wonderful thing about, I think women, you know, we're, I I don't remember the statistics, but we say a lot more words in a day than men do. I can't remember the numbers, but they're, they're quite amusing. Um, you have so much to offer your community. You have so much to offer your family. And I am so delighted that you have taken the gifts God has given you and really poured into others. And, and I, I know it's rewarding. And I also know that's not why you do it. That's not why you do it, but it's a, it's kind of a fun little bonus that you, you know, are inspired and you, 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 you know, you're, you're having impact and you're making these connections and other people are connecting and you're connecting them and you're teaching. I know you teach every week. I mean, it's, it's, and you have your, your podcast hashtag mom life, which we will definitely put on the on the the notes and to make sure everybody can access that. Um, You are just, you are just doing it. And I, I love that. And not only are you doing it, you're living it because you can do it and not really live it. So that's really encouraging. I think you have the gift of encouragement. (laughs) Actually I do. You know, the spiritual gifts, uh, yes, I, encouragement always comes up. It always comes up. I do. And fun. Yeah, I do enjoy encouraging. I do. I really enjoy it. Yes, it has been fun. You are wonderful. Thank you for all you do for women. And uh, I can't wait to listen to this again and put it together. And I'm, I just get so excited. It's like, you know, my little, my little. I don't want to say baby, but, you know, my little creative thing that I now I get to start, you know, putting together. So thank you, Cynthia, for taking this time and sharing who you are in a way that makes Jesus beautiful, which for me, the people that know me know me, that's the ultimate thing I can say about anybody. And that is my goal is to make him beautiful. So there you go. Thank you, Rochelle. Usually I get to be the one interviewing, so this was really fun. I know. I love that we got to turn the tables on you. It was so it was so fun. All Thank right. You, we'll chat love soon. You. Love you too. Okay. Bye. You can hear the passion Cynthia has for the work she is doing, which likely doesn't feel like work at all. She gets to teach, be there for, and support women. Knowing that connection is an integral part of that, she devotes time and effort to going deep with the women because she has seen and knows the power of encouragement. She wants God's best for each one. And even if you don't understand what someone is going through, You can still walk beside them. That is a gift. Be sure to give it away. The Anabashity website has photos, quotes, and a blog for each episode. Each episode's audio is embedded on its own page at unabashedyou.com, 
We are on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Verbal. That's V-U-R-B-L, where we invite you to subscribe, rate, and review. Our social media accounts, Instagram, Unabashed You. Facebook account is Rochelle Renee. That's R-E-C-H-E-L-L-E-R-E-N-A-E. The page is Unabashed You. Twitter, at Rochelle Renee, same spelling. If you have any questions, questions or comments, feel free to email us at unabashedu at gmail.com. We depend on website visits, social media, and word of mouth because we delight in organic growth, knowing that these conversations help you ponder, celebrate what it is to be a woman, and move you in some way. So continue to listen, read, and be inspired. And now our blessing. May you always have enough happiness to keep you sweet, enough trials to keep you strong, enough success to keep you great, enough faith to give you courage, and enough determination to make each day a blessed day. So go on out and be an encourager, be unabashed, be 